morning, everyone. You're listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. My name is Kate Copsey, and I am the host of the show. You can contact me from my webpage, katecopsey.com, or through America's Web Radio Station site. This morning, we are going to be talking to Chris Sabaris from Corona Tools, and we're going to be talking all about pruning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Kate. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Oh, you're more than welcome. Um, you are the Marketing and Communications Manager for Corona Tools. So let's start with your background. Did you start in communications and find Corona Tools, or was your goal to work in the horticultural industry? You know, as a matter of fact, it's a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I've always had a passion for gardening, and my background was certainly in marketing. And when I found out that Corona Tools literally was in my backyard. Uh, these are the tools that I had uh, been using for for many many years, and I thought, you know, I just I have to combine my passion for gardening with with the tools that Corona makes because those are what I use and I believe in them. So I mean, I just it, it seemed like such a natural fit. Oh wow, what a great uh, combination! Wonderful. Um, so let's um, talk um, a little about the history of the company. How old is it, and how did it get started making tools? Well, we are actually celebrating our 90th birthday. At least we think. We, there's a lot of uh, I don't want to say controversy, but there's there's uh, the the company was actually formed back in the early 20s, which is what we always say, and it was founded by a, a school teacher who is actually a blacksmith and he created a tool which was used for the orange industry. So way back when, when uh, California had just started its uh, citrus industry, we really helped develop a tool that could help um, harvest the fruit and get it back to the East Coast without it spoiling, and they really they were able to earn, like, you know, top dollar, and that's what really kind of propelled the citrus industry to be what they call the second gold rush in California. So, you know, from that, I mean, we've, we've gone on to... You know, supporting the agricultural business with tools, you know, such pruners and loppers and those kinds of things, to you know, really getting into landscape tools, uh, tools for gardeners, tools for tree care experts, and as well as construction. So we really kind of, in, in the ninety years, really expanded our portfolio of tools that we make. Yeah, and I, I guess um, the Barota side then is a little different from you guys, right? Yeah, actually, they're, they're our parent company. They're based in Spain. They've been making tools for over 100 years now. They just celebrated their 100th anniversary about four years ago. Oh, wow. And it was a good uh, partnership when we uh, joined with them back in 2000, and they have made uh, garden and landscape tools in, in addition to kind of construction tools. So their uh, background is primarily you know, in the construction field, and they make tools for, you know, whether it's um, your, your wrenches, your screwdrivers and pliers and those kinds of things. I mean, we like to think of them as the Stanley of, uh, of Europe. So, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a pretty big name, and they, they certainly do a lot of things and are well-respected in the area. And, and you're based in California, not um, the Illinois part, right? Correct. We are based in Corona, California, and we've been here since the day we started. Oh, wow. For some reason, I thought you were in uh, the Chicago area, but uh, yeah. Um, well, we actually have a facility in the area, and that's that's really just our, our – um, there, there is a Bayota plant in – 
the Chicago area, but then there's we also have other facilities in um, Kentucky, which is a shipping facility where we kind of service orders that are on the East Coast there to make it more uh, convenient to get the orders out more quickly. And then we have facilities that's just literally all over the country. Okay. Well, so let's start with some basic pruning information. Um, I know that there have been some talks that I've seen advertised and attended that emphasize what they call the three T's of pruning, timing, tools, and technique. So let's take the timing part first. I mean, I love to prune in late winter because when the sun's out and, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a beautiful day in late winter, it's something to do. Um, so do you, do you recommend that gardeners start to prune? Um, and what type of things should they be aware of when, when they're doing late winter pruning? Well, definitely late winter is the best time for pruning. I mean, you one, it gives you an advantage that with with the tree not having any leaves, you can actually see where you're making cuts. So, I mean, you certainly want to take advantage of that while the tree is dormant and you can see where you're making your cuts. And it really gives you the ability to, you know, kind of step take a step back and before you start making cuts is to really kind of plan your strategy, where you're going to be cutting, where you want the tree to grow, how, you know, are you looking for height? Are you looking for it to, you know, uh, branch out and become broader? I mean, it's those kinds of things that, Pruning this time of year makes it makes it uh, much more advantageous. And, and I do I do think with you know particularly with um, th- things like uh, roses and things you know you can actually see what you what you're doing. Um, but the I guess um, I, one of the things that uh, you know I, the technique one um, to me was always a little bit on the the strange side. Um, I mean the idea is with pruning you cut branches. Um, is th- am I missing something about technique that just <laughs> that that doesn't cover? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it, it's really just deciding, um, kind of like I said, well, you, you want to plan for what you're, what you want to do before you start making any kind of cuts. I mean, there's there's two different types of buds. There's the the lateral bud, and then there's the terminating bud. And the terminating bud is really going to determine where it's going to grow, like the the um, the height. It's it's the bud that's on the end of the branch, so that's going to determine the overall height. Then you've got the lateral bud, which is on the side of the uh, branch. And that's going to determine what, which direction it's going to grow sideways. So as you start kind of looking at your tree and figuring out, okay, I've got this branch, this bud is, is, is an outer, outward bud, you want to make your cut there and your branch is going to move outward instead of growing into the tree. One of the things that you definitely want to avoid is getting, if, if you cut it on an inward bud, it's going to create a, you know, it's going to spur a branch to start growing inwards into the tree. And that's something that you don't really want is branches crossing each other and, and also cutting off the airflow with inside the tree. So, um, you know, just careful kind of as you're looking at the tree, making sure that you're making the right cuts. And, and I think, you know, with, with um, you know, with, with some of the fruit trees, particularly, that there are specific ways that you're supposed to, to prune them. But I think that must have come from the commercial industry for kind, more for kind of ease of, of picking. Um, is it um, is it possible may, maybe for homeowners, maybe uh, not to prune in that way, but just do it kind of for may, maybe a, a small, smaller peach tree or a smaller apple tree and ignore those uh, rules of, of opening up branches and things like that for sunlight? Um, you know, I, you, you certainly can. And I think the only thing that it'll do is maybe either limit the amount of fruit that you get or the fruits will be smaller. Uh, you may stand the chance that the fruits don't ripen as, as 
quickly or, or as well as they should. Like if it's an inter- if it's in the interior of the tree, and there's not a, it's not getting a lot of light, it's going to take either much longer to to ripen or it just won't ripen. <laughs> so I mean, there's there's advantages to pruning it in that way, so that you know, one, you're get, you're getting the maximum amount of fruit, and you're you know, getting everything is ripening as it should. But it's not going to kill the plant if you do it do it in a more casual way, right? <laughs> it will not. You know, that that's one of the great things about trees and and and, and plants in general is that they're they're very forgiving. Yes, <laughs> and and so that that leads kind of tools, which to me are really the the key to to pruning getting the right tool for the right job um you know and, and pruning really can be anything from a small pair of pruners right up to a chainsaw so what about um what would the recommendations be as to which one to use for which particular type of cut or shrub well definitely when you're when you're looking at tool selection i mean it, it is very important that you kind of consider some of the things like Comfort and grip. I mean, it doesn't fit in your hand. If it doesn't fit in your hand, it's going to cause you a lot of pain, and you're you're just going to get to the point where you just don't like doing that task, and you're not going to want to do it. So, most most important is get something that fits well in your hand. Um, the other thing is, you know, making sure that it will accommodate the size branch that, that you're cutting. So, if you're doing things like, you know, pruning a tree, uh, your branches could you know be up to an inch and a half or something like that. And you just want to make sure that the cutting capacity of the tool is rated for the type of limbs that you're cutting. So, so how do you figure out which, which uh, particular tool um, is better for maybe a, a one-inch rather than um, maybe a little, little one? Uh, what, would a prune, little hand pruner or um, a lopper maybe go up as far as one and a half to two inches, or should we move on to something larger? Well, I, I typically go with this general rule of thumb. If it's an inch or smaller, you can use a hand pruner because I think it, anything more than that, it's going to take a lot of force to make that cut. So there are pruners that are definitely rated for an inch um, and, and, and under. You definitely won't find a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Anything over that, you're probably looking to move into a lopper. And a lopper can probably handle anything from, I, I usually recommend, from one inch to two inches. Because that's going to give you, one, you're going to have two hands. It's going to give you more leverage. You're going to be able to make that cut much easier than you would with a hand pruner. You're going to save your hands. You're going to save your your upper body. I mean, just you won't experience that stress and fatigue. Anything over two inches, I typically would recommend a handsaw. And, you know, they, they have pruning saws that will make that cut much easier and making the proper cuts. And that way you won't, uh, you know, cause injury to the tree. You won't cause injury to yourself. And... If it's a seriously big job and requires a chainsaw, that is something that, if it requires a chainsaw, it's it's not really a do-it-yourself job. <laughs> you should think about getting a professional. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I, lo- I love using a little, I've got a little chainsaw, but, um, yeah. Um, and- well, as, as long as you're, you know, your feet aren't leaving the ground and you're you're very experienced in using one, then there's definitely not a problem, but, you know, there's there's... Every year you hear about uh, accidents from people going out and using chainsaws and things like that where they just you know, probably should have called the experts. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know, particularly if it's if it's overhead or something like that, you have to be re- very careful. Um, I, I recall from my childhood, my father was actually, I, I don't know whether it was an apple tree. He'd got the ladder. Um, braced up against the um, the apple tree and he'd climbed up and was actually in the tree and of course the usual happened he sawed off with the chainsaw the branch and it went down and it went straight over the ladder <laughs> cut the ladder in two and he was stuck for a while <laughs> oh yes that definitely and things like you know if you have to watch if there if your tree has grown into power lines i mean you definitely want to be careful to uh yeah not be cutting anywhere near near power lines Oh, yes, yes, I hadn't thought about that one. Yes, that's obviously a, a critical one. But, um, but you know, we need to go and take our first commercial break here, Chris. Um, but we'll be back talking more with Chris uh, Sabaris. And when we come back, we're going to be heading to the berry patch and talk a little about pruning those raspberries and blueberries and things like that on America's homegrown veggies. We'll be back in just a moment. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q-U-I-K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office. Do your children know where their food comes from? At ConnectingFarmToFork.com, there's all kinds of ways to help your child understand how 300 million of us here in America stay nourished, clothed, and healthy. Activities, food facts, and farm visits help young people learn about America's hardworking farmers and have lots of fun doing it. Visit ConnectingFarmToFork.com today for a learning experience that will really grow on you. ConnectingFarmToFork.com, brought to you by the people who care at Feedstuff's Food Link. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. Remember, you can catch up with us on Facebook at America's Homegrown Veggies. And if you miss any shows, you can find them on americaswebradio.com webpage and on iTunes. And you can find them on Stitchers, too. This morning, we are talking pruning with Chris Sabaris from Corona Tools. And, Chris, we talked about um, basics of pruning. Uh, one thing that we didn't, um, uh, that I had on, on my list of questions it was um, there's two sorts of pruning shears that I've come across. Um, one that works on an anvil method and one's a bypass method. Um, which one do we use and which one is better, in your opinion? Uh, well, they're, they're actually, there's two purposes for those different types of tools. And for the bypass pruners, those are typically going to make your, uh, you're going to be using that for your cutting your fresh green limbs. And so as you're making your cuts, uh, 
this time of year on your trees, you want to use your bypass pruners because that's going to make just the, the cleanest cut. Um, you don't want to use an anvil pruner on, like, uh, green limbs or branches, those kinds of things, because it's really designed to, I mean, it literally is a blade that comes down on a flat surface. So it's if it's a, you know, a fresh green limb, you're typically going to crush the limb and that's not that's not your goal uh when you're pruning you want to make a nice clean cut otherwise you could damage the limbs that'll cause further uh, damage and, and it could uh, introduce things like disease and other, other kinds of damage so you don't want to it needs to be the cleanest possible cut as possible and that's what a bypass pruner is going to do the anvil is really used for when you're uh, removing dead wood so if you've got a limb that you know over the course of the the winter has died and you need to remove that limb the anvil pruner is is your is the tool that you're going to use oh okay um and you know i i know that raspberries for instance they fruit on the second year wood so we need to leave um obviously the new, the new stems and the the older stems um but maybe the the three-year-old wood and things things like that how do we go go about um pruning those um do we, we if we do them when they're they're dormant um how do we tell which ones are which um you know i can tell you what i have learned about them is just definitely the um, this is the time of year to be pruning them is, is late winter and early spring, and you're going to know the ones to uh, the that bore the fruit last year. They're not going to fruit again, so they're going to have like a grayish peeling bark, and that's the one you're going to look for. Okay, and and anything obviously that looks de- dead and whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I know that I mean one of my biggest pro- problems, particularly when you've got um, several berries all in a little patch type of thing, they're prickly um so how what type of tool is best for getting into um a berry patch to to actually do that type of thing besides long gloves and jeans and things like that sure sure um you know one of the things i I love about corona is that i get to try out new, new and different types of tools but there are several tools that we have that are actually able to extend your reach and to so that you don't even have to get your hands in there and things like uh, we have this convertible pruner and lopper, which is really cool, especially when you're pruning berries, that, you know, you're going to have the ones that are um, the, the smaller ones that you can get in and just kind of cut with a regular pruner. But then when you need to, like, really reach in and you don't want to get your hands in there, the handles flip down and become this, like, uh, it's, it converts into a lopper. So you can cut it with two hands. You're, you're at least a good foot away from the where the thorns are. So, I mean, things like that are very cool. There's other things like um, um, just a there's, – there's one that's about three feet long, and it's got a little grip on the end that you literally can just reach in and make the cut without ever even getting your hands in there. Oh, that sounds good, uh, because I would imagine that's also very, very good for roses, um, which yeah. tend to get overgrown and are prickly too. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, well, th- things like blueberries, though, they only need a, a tidy up ra- rather than um, a major pruning, um, a little bit like ki- kind of the, the ornamentals like azaleas and, and boxwoods. Um, so what type of tool is, is best for just lightly tidying up um, something? Yeah, definitely. There's things like uh, little shears that uh, you can use that are, you know, quick and easy they 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 have great springs so that they spring back back and as you're making multiple cuts like very quickly um they respond 
well, and they, you know, they, they're going to en- enable you to make multiple cuts and continue to do that. And uh, so anything like, you know, floral shears um, and, and little floral snips and those types of things are going to be perfect for that. Okay, uh, because I, I know um, you know some people tend tend to use um, mechanical um, kind of electric shears and things like that, but that never seems quite the right tool for me. Um, you know, you're, you're tidying up, and I think you lose control if you're using a hedge clipper on a um, so, something. It, it just doesn't seem quite right. Um, sure. Well, if they're definitely getting that big, I mean, you can look to uh, like a hedge shear. If, if they're kind of that size, then you know certainly you want to make more cuts and you want to do it quickly and kind of uniformly, then something like a head shear is going to work a lot better for you. Okay. Um, so, you know, when, when um, cut, cutting big, bigger ones, we talked about, about loppers. I've noticed that there are two sorts of um, loppers. One's got kind of a, a ratchet system, and one, one is just a, an open-closed type. When would we use maybe a ratchet one versus the, the regular one? Do people, or, or would one, one be used for something and, and the other one for something else? Uh, the ratchet one is really to give you to provide more leverage. So if you're coming across a branch that is a, a larger size branch and it would normally take quite a force to close the lopper and make the cut, the ratchet actually takes a little bit of the tension off so that as you're closing it, it gives you more power up at the top without having to use your kind of your brute strength, if you will. Um, the other blades are, you know, designed to to be, you know, just, just this ultra-sharp uh, blade that you can, you know, certainly power through cuts, but for uh, somebody who doesn't have a lot of upper body strength, that's where the ratchet lopper would really come in and come in handy. And I, I know that I've, I've found them re- really useful when cutting, um, particularly may- maybe borderline between um, go- going up to the, the saw handsaw um, versus using pruners you know there's kind of there's a there's a borderline bit where you think you can do do it and you end up soaring uh, with, with the Absolutely. top blade of the lopper <laughs> <laughs> and i'm told that's not good <laughs> so it's well, like, definitely not good on you that's for sure <laughs> yeah and that, that's that's why i really ought to get one of those ratchet pruners i haven't got one i've used them at other places but i don't actually own one um that's on my wish list <laughs> but um but okay um winter and early spring are obviously as we said a good time for pruning um but it's also a good time to get the tools out and clean them and sharpen them and things like that um so how do we go about cleaning some of these if we assuming we didn't do it last fall is there a particular thing that we should be doing apart from sharpening um, oils or anything like that we should be putting on them sure well i i I typically will say when you use your tools right after you finish using them just take two seconds to wipe them down and then you can always apply just a coat of uh, like a machine oil If, if you're not doing anything like you know getting into your edibles and those types of things use a coat of like a machine oil like a three in one oil to kind of just coat the blade um, if you're getting into, you know, using them around vegetables, I know a lot of people like to be, you know, mindful to keep everything organic and that you can certainly use something like an olive oil or just vegetable oil or something like that to keep the codes, the, the blades coated. And, um, you know, I will, t- I typically will do it every time after I'm done pruning because it only takes a couple of seconds. But if you did put them away at the end of the year and you, you, you pull them out and now you see that there's like sap stuck on them or any kind of uh, other debris, the first thing I will do is take like a, a stiff wire brush and just get all that, 
you know, use that to uh, rub off all the, the old debris and sap. And one thing that I would caution is do not use a uh, steel wool. A lot of people talk about using steel wool. The only thing that that does is introduces burrs into the actual metal, and those are prone to rust. So you're basically just saying you're cleaning up your tool, but then you're uh, inviting rust to, to, to set in. So I would definitely avoid using that. And things that, I mean, it, to, to clean them off, it's so easy. I mean, whether you use a just like a... Um, damp cloth or a moist kind of towelette or something like that to, to get the debris off after you're done using them. That typically works. If you're doing things like, you know, pruning between different types of uh, plants and things, you can use an alcohol wipe in between. It will, it's, it's great to kind of disinfect it so that you don't transfer disease from one plant to another, but then it also, the, uh, the rubbing alcohol is, it'll, it'll evaporate so it won't leave moisture on your tools. So that's always a great way to clean them too oh i didn't realize that um you usually i use maybe a little bit of bleach in a in a bottle um you know to to disinfect them between one thing and another particularly if you've got um funguses or blights or things like that it's really important not to transfer something from one to another um, but you also uh, corona also make a handy little sharpening tool which is another thing that's on my have to get one of those lists <laughs> they, they certainly do but let, let me uh, i'll take a step back in regards to your comment about the bleach. Um, Corona definitely recommends not to use bleach on metal because they've kind of shown that it will, over time, kind of break down the metal and uh, it's just, it's it's not something you want to if you're going to disinfect it, definitely use the alcohol, and, and you're you're in a much better position to do that. Oh, I, I will make sure that I do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as far as the little sharpening tool, yeah, that. That little thing is so handy. I mean, I have them literally all over the house. They're in my garden pouch. I have them out, you know, just where where I'm actually working. They'll be in my scabbard. Wherever I wherever I am, I happen to have one of those sharpening tools, and it's just it is so easy to to sharpen a blade of your pruner. Just it's you make five passes on the on the cutting side, one pass on the opposite on the non cutting edge of the blade, and you're you're off and running, and your tool's nice and sharp. So, so it's kind of like one of those little handheld things um, that you can just pass, up, pass over the, the blades um, rather than two blades, which you sometimes find um, with kitchen blades, um, where, where you just slice it across and it, it manages to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is, it, it is so easy to do. It just <laughs> And it makes such a difference. I mean, you know, when you're out making cuts and if you're trying to cut with a dull tool, it is just, it, it, one, it's going to be you know horrendous on you but it's also going to damage the tree so you always want to make sure that your blade is nice and sharp when you go out and that's one thing that you can do as you get your tools out in the in the, in the spring before you go out there just just do a quick sharpening and you're good to go and and so that that would be enough just just to um just just help, help them along if you haven't uh, sharpened them for a couple of years um that this tool will you just use it a couple more times rather than just a quick pass right Sure. I, I can honestly tell you, for if, if you're making a lot of cuts, I mean, if you're somebody who's like this power user, you're always constantly out in the garden and making cuts, then you're probably going to want to sharpen them a, a few times throughout the season. I know that there's people who go out and, you know, whether it's professionals or what, that we, they literally sharpen them every single time they use them. Oh, oh 
Okay. Um, well, on that, that note, uh, we need to take another quick commercial break here. But I want to remind you, you're listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. And when we come back, we'll be talking more about pruning with Chris Sabaris from Corona Tools. And we're going to go into the orchard and talk a little more about pruning the apple trees. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office. Today's consumers find themselves faced with a greater variety of choices than ever before, both in the food they eat and the information they receive about that food. Feedstuff's Food Link was created to provide you with a balanced source of information for making decisions about your family's balanced diet. Visit FeedStuffsFoodLink.com to learn about your food directly from the source, the people who work every day to provide it. FeedStuffsFoodLink.com, connecting farm to fork. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're back listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. I am the host of the show, Kate Copsey, and this morning we are talking with Chris Sabaris from Corona Tools, and we talked about pruning, Chris, about some of the smaller things. So let's go on to pruning some of the larger items, um, particularly the trees and thing, things like that. Um, small trees are quite easy to prune. Um, apart from, we talked a little about cross branches. Um, how big should a cross branch be before we maybe think oops that's uh, that should come off well any like i said anything that kind of grows into the middle of the tree that is going to cause it to, for the air not to circulate and those kinds of things i mean um thick branches i mean if they're rubbing against each other that's going to cause damage to the to the branches so i mean you definitely want to avoid any sort of type of cross branches that's going to you know really hinder the tree from producing fruit properly and uh, to grow properly. Okay. Um, and I know that, um, you know, particularly with young trees, you're supposed to restrict the number of um, fr- or the amount of fruit that, it, that it's producing, um, particularly in that first co- couple of years. So you need to kind of thin them out a little bit. Um, are, are pruners um, the perfect tool for that or should we go for something smaller when we're talking little, um, little, little pieces of fruit? Yeah, definitely like a... a, a good set of bypass printers that are you know, very sharp and that can make the cuts cleanly so that they, you know, you're not introducing the, you know, or damaging the, the soft flesh around the, the, the cut, then that's, that's the perfect thing to use. Okay, um, because I, I know with, with uh, particularly with fruit trees when they're when they're young, that that's kind of an important part of their their care. But let's go to the other extreme, the um, the older fruit trees um, can be obviously very gnarly and things like that. Um, at what stage, we, we kind of touched on the, that this a little bit uh, in the first segment, at what stage should we say, I can do this, I can clean this tree up and uh, versus I think I ought to leave this to a professional or just let the thing die, die a death without anything? 
Well, I mean, yeah, you certainly, when, when you get out to your tree, I mean, we mentioned about the, the trees being forgiving. So I don't think that there's a lot you'll do that's going to kill your tree other than just, you know, you see these people who kind of go out and top their trees and just say, oh, I want five branches, and they just cut everything else off. <laughs> I mean, that that's definitely going to be uh, traumatic to your tree and could lead to death. But, uh, you know, certainly if you're getting out and just making some minor cuts, uh, some of the experts tree uh, tree experts will tell you you know don't remove any more than uh, like 20 percent of the the overall tree in any given year so i mean don't get very aggressive and just you know trim the thing back so so you do 20 percent each year right a maximum of 20 yeah. percent. i mean that that's really kind of with, with anything more than that i mean you're really putting the the tree in distress and and it's not going to perform well it's not going to grow well Okay, um, and you know, I, I found. Um, I, gu- I guess I love the the those loppers that you can reach right up into a tree. And in fact, we inherited one with this new house. I haven't tried it yet, but in previous times, when I've tried using the ver- very long loppers that e- extend, and you they use it, they're used in a different type of way. Um, my first issue with those is I, I can't control the top. Um, it, how does how does one control um, the, those extendable ones that go right up? Well, I know, that, like the one that we, one of the ones that we carry, which are perfect for fruit trees, is a it's a handle that's about it's about the, uh, the pole is about six feet long, and it gives you the ability to you know make cuts. That are you know close to you or, or the the low the lower branches, but then if you need to extend up into the higher branches, you're able to act, kind of activate it from a, a, a pulley at the bottom of the tool. So it kind of gives you a little bit of flexibility as to you know using it up high or using it uh, down low as to how you're going to activate the the pruning head. But um, yeah, I mean if if you start getting into the poles like the pruning poles that have the the uh, the, the tree pruner with the head on it and it's got the rope to to make the cuts. I mean, then you're talking, you know, certainly uh, you want to make sure that, I mean, always keep your feet on the ground with <laughs> those types of things. And then, you know, as long as the branch can fit into the, the little hook, then you you should be able to make the cut with no problem. So so what size uh, branch are we talking about with those um, extendable pole, poles? Because it looks like it's a, just a regular little lopper head on the, on the end of it. Yeah, you're pretty much talking about maybe one to maybe one and a half inches at the most. Okay, and then you just pull the. Does it take more effort to pull down that that rope to cut it than it does on a regular pair of pruners or, or loppers? Well, I think it's just it's a little more awkward in that you know you're trying to hold the pole and you're trying to pull down the rope. So <laughs> it's you know it, it's definitely a little. Uh, it, it, there's an art to it. I mean, it, it, you definitely have to kind of teach yourself how, how it works. And if, by all means, if the branch is too too large and you can't make the cut, we have some that you know that have an actual saw blade on the end. So you know, using the saw blade would make a better choice than trying to cut that with the uh, with the rope. And are the, are the are the heads interchangeable, or do we have to have one with a saw and one with a lopper head? Uh there, there's there's both options available. I mean, there's some that have just the saw. There's some that have just the the kind of the lopper action. And then there's like a combination one that has both so that if you're out and you're trying to make the cut and you can't do it with a lopper portion, you just, you know, 
move it over and use the saw. Yeah, um, because I, I know that that's been so, something that you know I've been dying to try this thing that that we found at the back of a shed. I think somebody because th- those are quite expensive tools. Um, sure. Yeah, but they they do look just so, somewhat dangerous. Um, and again, you'd want to keep those well away from power lines or anything like that. Yes. So, oh yes, um, and I, I noticed, I, I guess, on, on your your site um, that, that there are um, lots of different um, pruning type tools. If somebody and, and when you go into any box store or whatever, that there's a there's a whole range of tools um, for for an average, maybe a beginner gardener. What would you consider to be maybe um, if they were to pick two, one or two tools? What would you think would be the most important ones for them? Uh, well, I would definitely say the like a bypass pruner and then a bypass lopper, because that's going to take care of I I would say probably seventy five to eighty percent of everything that they're going to be doing, especially if they're a beginning gardener that has you know just kind of started planting things like shrubs and uh, small trees and those types of things. That is definitely those are the two tools that are going to get you the furthest. And then as they start, you know, as the trees start to mature and those types of things, then, you know, you can certainly look at, uh, you know, getting into the pole pruners and those types of things. And if it's just too cumbersome, well, then you just get uh, a professional out there. <laughs> and sl- slowly fill your bucket each year with that one extra thing. Um, so, exactly. yeah. so, so what sort of options are, are there apart from the bypass for, versus the, the anvil type? pruners in um the the handles of these things for comfort um and and usability um what type of options are out there yeah there's there's definitely a lot of options i mean when you're considering the ergonomics of the tool when you're considering the materials of the tool um so say like you know professionals tend to use things like uh, loppers with a wooden handle and the reason for that is that wood actually absorbs the uh, the vibration and the shock more than say a uh, metal handle because that the metal handle is going to transfer that to your to that shock to your body so it's like that's why they tend to use the the wooden ones because they're out there literally making like thousands and thousands of cuts for for the average everyday uh, homeowner well that's probably not going to matter to them what they're going to be concerned with is the actual grip how does it feel in their hand is it uh, is it comfortable is it or can they uh, maintain their their grip on it. I mean, it's not going to slip out of their hands. I mean, those types of things. I mean, they want to make sure that as they make the cut, are there things like uh, uh, shock absorbing bumpers in there? I mean, these are all things that they want to look for so that they don't uh, get out there and, like I said, <laughs> do do some pruning. And I mean, we, we I think we've all done it. You go out and you work all day, and then the next two days, you're you're absolutely sore. Finding the right tool can can certainly mitigate a lot of that. And other different sizes, um, you mentioned right at the start, to fit easily in your hand. Women tend to be smaller than than guys. Um, are there two Are there two different sets? One for one for us, and one for you guys? <laughs> well, you know, absolutely. I mean, there's tools that uh, with different cutting capacities, made for smaller hands. I mean, there's tools that will even adjust if you have a large hand or a small hand. So, I mean, it kind of gives you a lot of different flexibility as far as you know selecting the right tool and the one that's going to feel the best in your hand and by all means i would recommend it if somebody goes into a store and is looking at take them out and feel them i mean it's it's just feel 
feel how it's going to you know fit in your hand it's 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 almost like buying a car i mean you just want to check it out you want to kick the tires you want to make sure it feels good and that's certainly that something that is uh acceptable to do when you're in the stores and and so you should try try it out um i i guess just to make sure that your hand is the right size for for it um and what, what about i noticed i i had one um a while back that had kind of a rotating um twist to it would you would that kind of thing help um or or hinder maybe with when you when you're pruning and and how do you test that maybe in a store oh you're talking about the the rolling handle one yeah yeah um i i can honestly say i haven't tried that one out Uh, i know what it's designed to do i i don't know that i personally would (laughs) would use it I, i like one that is more a kind of form fitting in my hand and whether that's you know ergonomic and making sure that your hand is or your wrist is not bent in the in a awkward direction uh one that is really kind of designed more to meet the folds of your hand as opposed to that rolling thing to me i've i've tried it i mean i've i've had it in my hand and it just doesn't seem like a natural comfortable fit but it is a personal and prep you know it's a Absolutely, 100% a personal preference. Yeah. and so I, I, Whatever feels good in your hand. Yeah. I must admit, I, I didn't care for it too much either. Um, and, and are pruners left-handed and right-handed? Does it matter? <laughs> uh, you know, there actually are, you know, pruners for both hands. So, I mean, it, it, it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, I think people with left hands... You are uh, learn to adapt <laughs> and using the right-handed tools, but definitely things like having the lock on the right side, having the you know the, the cutting side of the blade on the right side. I mean, it, it does make a difference. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a reason to have a left-handed or a right-handed pruner. Uh, because I must admit, I've not seen left-handed tools versus right-handed ones. They all seem kind of the same. I guess with my husband being left-handed and a couple of the kids, they, they always say, I like scissors, for instance. You can't use them upside down or backwards. Yeah, I think. I mean, we, we have both the, the right hand and the left hand uh, oh. tools. I think it's, it's, I mean, I've never tried to use the left-handed <laughs> ones, but I mean, if, you're, <laughs> if you're trying to make a cut, the only thing I can really visualize that would be different is that where the, where the blade meets the, the hook, you yeah. know, when you're making the cut, if it's a... If you're left-handed and you're using a right-handed tool, it's going to look like the blade is on the wrong side. <laughs> okay. To me, that, yeah. that would be the only thing that yeah. I can yeah. perceive. Okay. Well, you know, we need to take our final commercial break here, but come back, everyone, and listen to more about Corona Tools with Chris Sabaris, and we will be right back. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Hi, I'm Ray Bowman, hoping you'll join us each Friday at noon for our new show, Food and Farm, brought to you by FeedStuffsFoodLink.com, only on America's Web Radio. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's Breaking News 
industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, Annual Publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. I hope you're enjoying America's homegrown veggie show this morning. We have been talking about pruning with Chris Savarese from Corona Tools. And Chris, I noticed that there are some very similar sites out there that are selling uh, the Corona Tools, uh, but they're more of a retail outlet. Um, what is Which is the correct store address for your company? Uh, our website is coronatoolsusa.com. Okay. Uh, and can cust- customers get the tools direct from there and kind of purchase them from that site? Oh, absolutely. And, and you have all, all the tools and the new tools and things like that. Um, are you selling the new gel handle type tools on the site yet? Yeah, the, the comfort gel hand tools are just, you know, phenomenal People have really responded well to them, whether they're a newbie gardener or whether they're, you know, kind of the older generation and they're, you know, they're looking for something that, you know, if they've got arthritis in their hands or carpal tunnel or something like that, those comfort gel grips have really uh, uh, gone well with, with both audiences. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely popular tools. Um, and do, do they come in, is that just for hand pruners or, or do they come, come up as far as the loppers as well that have gel handles? They have the, the – there's hand tools now that we just introduced. I think we literally just put those on the website last week. Uh, those are kind of something new and exciting that have, we've expanded the Comfort Gel line. We are also – this spring you will see um, two new loppers and two new head shears uh, in the Comfort Gel grips. Uh, there are an existing – there's an existing lopper. There's an existing head shear right now. And then these we'll be introducing two more in the – the ones that we're introducing uh, in spring, you talked about those uh, ratchet lopper. Mm-hmm. This is going to have an extra little um, kind of gear feature at the top of the head. It's not a gear, but it's a, it's an additional uh, lever that is going to help you get more leverage, and you, you won't have to open it, your arms as wide to kind of get around the branch. It's going to automatically open the blade up a little bit further when you, when you open the uh, handles so that mm-hmm. you don't and you're not going to be using as much force. You're not going to be, you know, having to, you know, really reach your arms out and, you know, need that serious upper body strength to make that cut. So I've tried those things, and they're just, they're phenomenal. The other thing that's really kind of cool about them is that they're going to have an extendable handle feature. So with just a quick, you know, opening, just a flip to open up the handles, you literally can extend those like another 18 inches. So as you're, as you're out, I mean, perfect for things like we talked about berries and those kinds of things, and you don't want to get your hands in there, you can be cutting the larger canes and certainly keeping your hands 
very far away from those thorny. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, all those thorny branches. Oh wow! That I mean, that that sounds sounds a really fascinating tool. Um, I'll have to take a look at that that one. Um, so so also on the web page, um, you also have other tools like like picks and and um, mallets and things like that. Um, are they also part of your your uh, line? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, Corona has a little over 600 finished products, and believe me, that covers everything from the gardener to the landscaper to the construction to the agriculture person to the tree care professional. I mean, it's like there's just... There's literally there something there for everybody. <laughs> I, I must admit, I, I love the pic, pics um, in the gar- garden. You know, that that's my if I'm doing a lot of um, putting in trees or something like that. Even if they're sort of do- small do- dormant fruit trees, the most optimum way to get a, a hole in a garden, whether it be clay or what, is get the pick out and a couple of swipes of that, and you've got a, a sort of an 18-inch hole, no problem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you, you mentioned um, in, in our communications that, um, you know, you do trade shows like the Philadelphia one, um, and you're having a workshop there, a pruning workshop. What, what is that going to be about? What's it going to illustrate? Yeah, the uh, show that we're doing, the, the Philadelphia Flower Show demonstration, is we're really excited about that. We are partnering with Organic Gardening Magazine, who uh, will be, they, they are going to be doing some um, demonstrations there in the in the center of the show floor our demonstration is going to be with paul zimmerman he's a a well-known uh rose guy and he's going to be giving a demonstration on rose pruning so perfect time to be talking about you know cutting back your rose especially you know since it's in philadelphia and uh, still in the dead of winter (laughs) people are Needing something to do. This, this is a great thing to get out there and a great time to prune roses. Yeah, of, of course, right right now we're covered in snow everywhere. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, think that sounds great because, I mean, pruning really, people seem scared of it um, and they seem intimidated by it. And I know I've, I've heard that quite a bit that people are, you know, feel a little bit intimidated by it. But it, uh, you know, when, when you do it and you see how much it invigorates new growth and really kind of brings new life to to plants i mean it's you, you'll want to get in there and do it all the time because it's just it's such a great benefit to the plants and um, and, and so that that demonstration that paul is going to do is actually on march 1st and that's going to be at the gardener's studio um there on the show floor and, and will you be sell, selling the the tools there as well will you have a booth there uh, we don't have a booth. We're not we're not selling them at the show, but we will have a uh, special that we're doing, which is for all the comfort gel tools that people can save twenty per yeah twenty percent, and then if they buy them on our website, and then they'll get free shipping Ooh. if they spend fifty dollars, I think, or more. Oh wow! Well, I, I think it would be easy to spend fifty dollars on your website. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had mentally done done that in two seconds flat. Um, <laughs> Um, and you, you have a newsletter on the site. Um, what's in the newsletter, and how do people sign up for it? Yeah, newsletter, I mean, the best way to do it is just go to our, our homepage on our you know, coronatoolsusa.com. Uh, There's a link there that will take you to the sign-up for the newsletter. You can sign up for, you know, things like you'll select what, 
what your interests are and give us just some information about, you know, what zone do you grow in and that stuff so we can make sure that we get you some uh, really relevant information. But, um, yeah, the newsletter is a monthly thing, so we don't barrage people every day with emails. It's, uh, we'll typically have something like a featured tool that we're talking about, a garden tip. Uh, we've also, this year for 2014, we started integrating a uh, photo contest through Instagram so people can set, take a picture and then they tag Corona so that we can, at the end of the month, we will take a look at them and we'll pick a winner and they will, they will always have like a, a giveaway that we do. And then um, there's another, uh, just a uh, events section there so that where wherever Corona happens to be, we'll let you know so it, you can, if, if you're in the area, you can come come see us. Oh, wow. That's, that sounds fun. And so there's a different newsletter for may, maybe market gardeners versus, versus a homeowner. Yeah. I, when, when you sign up for the newsletter, there's different things like what are your interests. It could be fruit trees. It could be uh, roses. It could be you know, landscape maintenance. So they would just check that box, and then that way they're you know, always getting something that's relevant to them. Oh, wow. So it's customized to whoever you are. That, that's a great idea. Um, and I, I know that you also, um, in your community outreach, uh, you donate tools to community gardens and things like that. Um, how does that, that work? What are the criteria maybe for for getting them for a community garden that, that you're establishing or, or maybe that needs some new tools? Sure. Uh, that, that's a great program that Corona offers. It's called Corona Cares. It's available through the website. You just go to the main website, and there's a tab there in the navigation that you'll see that says Corona Cares. You just click on that tab, and then under the community section, talks about the ways that we give back to the community. Because for us, it's very important that we support those who are actively out in the community and giving back to their, you know, neighborhoods and uh, helping people. So whether it's a school that is teaching, you know, school gardening to to, to kids, uh, it could be. Uh, health and wellness type facilities so whether it's a, you know a, a senior home or something like that to make sure that they're still out in the garden and getting physical activity that way it could be a civic event so if you're out doing a cleanup project day or planting trees or something like that in a uh, public space then you know those are all certainly good organizations that we want to help make sure that they get some tools so that they can get out there and get the job done yeah, oh, so, I mean, you can get up to a thousand dollars worth of tools oh, from wow. the website. So, I mean, you you kind of go on there, you figure out what sort of tools that you need, what's going to help with the project. They submit that, and then uh, once they're an approved project, then we ship them the tools. Oh, wonderful! Um, and are you on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all that, those things? Oh, we're we're pretty much on all those things. <laughs> uh, there's an easy way an easy way to find us here uh, is. On our website, we have a page that is dedicated to uh, all of our social media. So, actually, you can you can search for Corona Tools on okay. any of the social sites, and you'll find us. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, and you're, and you're on Facebook and all those usual places, right? Yes, yes, yes. So we're very active on Facebook. We're very active on Twitter, um, as well as. You know some of the other channels, the Instagram, the the Pinterest, and all that kind of. Thing. And and do pe- do people um, can they put pictures on there there and say this is my overgrown what's it what do I do with it, Mister Corona? <laughs> <laughs> you know we haven't had that happen, but I would certainly be happy to help anybody who wants to do that. Yeah, um, and I believe that you um, also you're involved with. Is it one of the tweet chats, um, Twitter chats, tweet chat? Um, is it the landscape one that that you participate in as well? 
Um, there's actually two that we do. We On Tuesdays, we do tree chat, which is always about tree care and anything tree-related. And uh, then on Wednesdays, we do the landscape chat, which is always uh, related to the landscape and, you know, whether that's sustainability, whether that's, you know, talking about organics and landscape, those kinds of things. Uh, we have several partners that we work with in, each week they bring a new topic, and, and we have some great discussions there. Both the, the chat on Tuesday and the chat on Wednesday, uh, they, those happen at uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time, so 2 p.m. Eastern time, and they're available to, for anyone to participate in. And, and those are great places to um, to find, find information, whether you ju- just kind of sit on the back and walk, watch the screen go. One of the things with those is so that it gets very busy, and sometimes the screen goes a little too fast. That is true, and one of the things, I, just, I, I can't talk enough great things about this thing. We just came across this new tool that we're using, and I know this has a really funny name, but it's nerf.com, N-U-R-P-H.com. You go there, you type in the hashtag, so it's either going to be hashtag, or tree chat or landscape chat, and you can go to all the past chats. You can click on them. You can do a total live replay, so you can see the chat is as it unfolded, it will have all the links, all the people oh. who participated, and it's a really cool, cool uh, feature and a tool to use. Oh, well, that, that sounds great. Um, okay, Chris, well, you know, we're, we're pretty much at the, the end of the show. Um, thank you for spending the time with America's Homegrown Veggie sh- Show. Um, and remember, everyone, to check out the, the demonstration at the Philadelphia Flower Show. That was March 1st, is that right? March 1st, 1 p.m. at the Gardner Studio, yes. Okay. Okay, well, we're right at the end of the show. I want to thank you for listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show this morning. Thank you, Chris. It's been a great chat. Um, And everyone, we'll be back next week with another show talking all about growing veggies. Have a good gardening week and come back and join me next Saturday.